I'm excited to be here today uh, to share a message with you. You know, one of our theme verses for the Freedom Conference is found in John, John chapter 8. And I want to read that to you. I, I'm, I'm doing a message today, not only just for those that just came out of freedom, but I believe, we, you know, over the last five years, we've had over 700 people go through freedom. How many of you in here have gone through it at some point? Raise your hand if you've gone through it. Yeah, there's a lot of you. So there's still a good bit of you that haven't. So hopefully um, you'll jump in in February and go through it with us as well. It'll, it'll kick back off again. But I, I, I felt really compelled this week um, to share a message um, specifically for those who came out of freedom, but also those who have been out of it for a little while. Um, and, and I'll share the title of it with you in just a minute. But John chapter 8, verse 36 says this. says, if the Son sets you free, then you are truly free. If the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Another translation says, says whom the Son sets free is free Indeed. And um, how many of you are grateful that Jesus didn't just die for your partial liberty, he died for full liberty, full freedom, everything. He's died for you for permanent freedom. When Jesus on the cross said, it is finished, how many know it was done? It was done. He, he did it all. I, I think about the, um, the song, um, Jesus Paid It All. How many know the song, Jesus Paid It All? Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. He left a crimson stain that washed us white as snow. And this is, this is what we celebrate. And so freedom, I, I feel freedom is not something that we do because we're trying to just get people free. Freedom is something we do because you are free and you just need to be reminded that you are. And we need to show you how you can walk that out. And so the, when the sun sets free, you are truly free, meaning that when you said yes to Jesus, when you said, God, I surrender my life to you, you are the Lord of my life, in that moment, God made you free. He made you free. The, the process then is us coming to the revelation of what does that really mean in our life? How do we walk in this freedom? So Galatians chapter 5 says it this way. So Christ... Here he is again, has truly, what? Has truly set us free. Now, watch this, and here's where I want to go today. Now, make sure that you stay free. Come on, can everybody say that again? Stay free. Make sure you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. So today, the title of the message is Stay Free. Stay Free. God wants us to stay free. So here's, here's my big thought today, if you're taking some notes, is this. God doesn't, want to just, uh, God doesn't want you just to be set free, but to stay free. God doesn't want you just to be set free, but to stay free. How do we stay free? I've, I've heard so many people that have walked through uh, a, a time in their life where God has freed them from things, whether it was going through freedom or something else in their life, and they got free, but they just had a problem staying free. Um, have y'all ever had this, this thing where you've gone to the altar? I remember growing up uh, in, in church my whole life, and I would just, you know, every time I would sin during the week, the next Sunday I was up at the altar repenting of that. And then the next Sunday I was up and repenting of that. And the next Sunday I was up and repenting of that. And I was like a repeat offender. Anybody know what it is to be a repeat offender? You're like, I'm not going to cuss anymore. And the next Sunday, you're like, God, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry again. I'm sorry. God, I'm not going to get angry again. And then you just come right back, and you're doing it again, and you're doing it again. And, you know, as a pastor, I see repeat offenders all the time. Like, we still praying for the same thing? Yeah, yeah, I just can't, just can't get over this thing. Okay, so we've all probably have that in our life, something that just seems like we just can't get over it. And then when you do feel like you're getting over it and, you know, then we relapse or something happens. And so I want to I wanna talk about how do we, how do we stay free. Uh, a part of this is how we get free, but another part of this is how do we stay free? How do we stay free from the addictions? And how do we stay free from the anger and the emotions? How do we stay free from uh, my mind and my heart wandering away from Christ? How do, I, how do I stay anchored to what Christ has done in me and continue to grow in that? And so I want to give you five ways to stay free. That's where we're going to go today. Uh, this is going to be a, a very simple message, um, but I feel like it can be very transformative if you can really grasp each of these five ways that we stay free. Number one, we receive the grace of God. We receive the grace of God. 
Romans chapter 6, verse 14 says this. I love this first part. It says this. Sin is no longer your master. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under, everybody help me with this, the what? The freedom of God's grace. You live under the freedom of God's grace. There are many people who believe in what I call a 51% Christianity. And this is, this is how it is. And by the way, this is what most of us in here, if you have been raised in any kind of religious setting, have probably been told in such a way, they may have not said it this way, but we've lived it in such a way, and that is that if I do bad things, as long as I just do enough good things to outweigh the bad things, God's got to let me in. And it's what I call a 51% Christianity. I can be 49% bad, but if I do 51% good enough, then God's got to let me into heaven. But can I tell you right now, the gospel is, even if you do 1% bad, you don't get in. You don't get in with 1%. Even if you are 99% good, the Bible says, by the way, that none of us are righteous in and of ourselves, that, that you can't do enough good things. And religion will tell you, this is what religion will do, if I do something wrong, I can fix it by doing something right. So God, I cussed, it all, I cussed out my you know, coworker this week, but I gave my tithe this week. Those should balance out, right? Maybe it depends on how much you gave. Okay, so, you know, I, I, I did this, and so I'm doing this now to, in a sense, pay the penance for what I shouldn't have done, and now I'm trying to do right, and I'm, I'm going to church now, and I'm trying to read my Bible, and I'm trying, whatever these religious things are that we do, that we think somehow balances out the scale of the wrongs that I've done, and the great news of the gospel is that, that you don't live under those laws anymore. You don't live under, like, you've got to do enough good stuff to outweigh this. The good news is that you get to live under the freedom of God's grace. The freedom of God's grace. Freedom in grace and freedom in Christ is not what you do. It's what Jesus has done. That's the freedom of the grace. It's not about what you've done. It's about what he's done. Religion tells you all the things you need to do. The gospel tells you all the things that Jesus has done. And today, you are in right standing with God. God loves you. God accepts you. God adopts you. God blesses you. God forgives you. Not because you're good, but because he's good. And the quicker you can get the revelation that, oh, wait, it's not about me. It's about what Christ has done and what he's doing in my life. I'm telling you, it, it brings some freedom in your life because, watch this, because when you mess up, you won't run from God, you'll run to him. Here's how you know you've been bound by religion. When you mess up, you run from God. Because you think that God is mad at you, that God doesn't want to have anything to do with you, and, and so you think this, if I go clean myself up, and get myself good, then I'll make my way back to church, or then I'll make my way back to life group, or then I'll make my way back to praying again. If I can just get this fixed up, then I'll do this. You are bound by religion if that's the case. If you don't understand the incredible grace of God that is for you, that is God did this because he loves you greatly and he extends grace to you, we believe because of the grace of God that has been given to us, you didn't earn it, you can't earn it. Listen, this is a huge deal for us. Jesus gives it because you're a son or daughter in him. Amen. All right? So watch, watch what it says in Titus. I love what Titus says. It says, everybody help me here, for the grace, for the grace of God. Okay? If you actually have a Bible, I want you, you know, underline that part. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. And he goes on, he says this. Watch, here's why God gives us this free grace. He gave his life to? Free to free us from every kind of sin and to? 
and to his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. Watch this. You must teach these things and encourage the believers to do them. Here's the difference between religion and the gospel. Religion will say this, I must do good deeds and then I'll get made, cleansed, and freed. The gospel is, no, you receive the grace of God, you're freed, cleansed, and made new as his own, and therefore you do good deeds. Do y'all see different motivations there? That is the difference if you have children. That's the difference is if, if your children are obeying you because they want to get your approval versus your children obeying you because they're already your son or daughter. That's the difference. And you and I have been adopted into God's kingdom. We've been adopted into God's family. He's freed us, cleansed us, and he's made us because of the incredible grace of God that he has poured out on us. And all our job to do is just to receive his grace. God, I receive your grace. I know that I can't earn it. I know I can't work for it. God, I just receive your grace today. Today, I'm going to probably make some mistakes, but thank you for your advanced grace. How many are thankful for advanced grace? <laughs> God's mercies are new every morning. I'm thankful for this advanced grace that he's given me. So we receive the grace of God. Now, here's, here's a way that I like to explain. Grace can be explained in so many different ways. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense for all different ways. One of the things that I like to, ways that I like to explain grace is this. Grace is when what you ought to do becomes what you want to do. Grace is when what you ought to do becomes what you want to do. I mean, no, Jesus didn't just save you from something. He saved you to something. He didn't just save you from sin. He didn't just save you from death, but he saved you to life. He didn't just save you from rules and religion. I mean, no, he saved you to relationship. He didn't just save you from being a slave to sin. He saved you to being a son of God. He didn't just save you from duty. He saved you to delight. He didn't save you from a have to. He saved you now so you can want to. No longer am I earning. I'm trying to earn, but I now receive Everything God has given me freely. Y'all see the difference there? I don't have to read my Bible. I get to read my Bible. I don't have to give to God. I want to give to God. I don't have to do things. I don't have to love people that I don't like loving. No, I get to love people because Christ has freely loved me, given to me. Y'all see the difference here? And I love when I hear people go, man, it's Thursday and I can't wait to go to church. Because I don't know about y'all, I grew up and I could not wait to not go to church. Like, it was duty. It was like, ah, oh. it was a drag. It was like, oh, my goodness. But when you understand the grace of God, you understand the rich relationship that you can have with God, it goes from a duty to a delight. Every morning, I get to wake up and go, Father, what do you have for me today? What do you, what do you want for me today? What, what do you want me to do for you today and with you today? So, We've got to receive the grace of God. That's what salvation really is. Salvation is, is receiving. We, we just live in a culture that you work for what you get. You work for what you get. We have a hard time receiving things because, we, I mean, I feel like I need to work for that. But the grace of God is given freely. I receive it. Number two, you want to stay free? You want to stay free? You need to believe the word of God. So we receive the grace of God. Number two, you got to believe the word of God. You got to believe it. So look what John says. John says it this way. John chapter 8 verse 31 says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my, what? In my word. If you abide in my word, if you abide in my teachings, if you abide in this, you are, here we go, truly, is that word we, we saw truly set free earlier? Now you are truly my disciples. And watch this, and here's what the verse that we all know, is you will know the truth and the truth. Okay, so that's the verse most of us know. You know the truth and the truth will set you free. We just don't read the verse before it. The way that you do that is by being a disciple who abides in God's word, who is connected into God's word. <clears throat> um, so there's an incredible escape artist, many of you know, named Houdini. 
Houdini was known for getting out of some of the most craziest um, places that seemed like you could never escape from. And so there was a rural town sheriff that reached out to Houdini and said, I have a prison or a jail that I guarantee you cannot get out of. And so Houdini thought it was an incredible opportunity to show off his skills. And, and so he took him up on the challenge. He got to this little small community and met with this guy. And he says, here's the jail. I want you to get in. And I don't think you can ever get out of it. And he says, okay, challenge on. He says, you got 10 minutes. He's like, oh, I won't need 10. I'll, I'll, I'll have it done in five. Okay. So he puts him in the jail, closes the door behind him, and Houdini goes to work, just starts doing all of his stuff to pick the lock and everything, and one minute passes, and two minute passes, and three minutes passes, and he's not getting any closer than he thought he was, and four minutes passes, and here comes the five-minute mark, and still nothing. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and he just falls to the floor in just utter frustration, and leans up against the door, and the door flies open. It was never locked. It was never locked in the first place. The reason I share that is because I think we have more prisoners that are in churches than actually in prison. Because God's already locked things for you that you're trying to pick, and you're trying to earn, and you're trying to do, and Jesus is like, I've already done it. The, the door's already open. The door's, the, the door's there. The door's there. Because how many know the truth can't set you free unless you know the truth? But once you know the door's open, <laughs> then you can't hold me down. The door is open. And so it says you will know the truth. You, and, and, and we've got to, this is why it's so important that we are people that, that get in God's word. It's so that I can know the truth. Because lies are coming at me all the time, all day, every day. Lies from other people, lies from culture, lies from Satan. Hey, by the way, even lies from myself. Hey, no one's lied to me more than me. Anybody know what that's like? <laughs> and, so, and so I've got to take all of that that's being spoken, that I'm hearing, and I've got to bring that to the word and I say, God, okay, your truth sets me free. So God, what is, what is the truth in this situation? Hey, this is why it's so important for us to be around truth tellers, by the way. You want to be around people who tell you the truth. People will tell you the truth because the truth is what sets us free. And so John 8, verse 44, just a couple of verses down from that, talks about the thing that we need to be most concerned about. It says, he, this is speaking of our enemy, Satan, was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated what? Because the enemy knows that what happens when you get the truth. You get set free. So guess what? He hates the truth, because there is no truth in him, and when he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar, and he is the father of lies. He is the father of lies. I've, I've said this countless times, and I will continue to say this. The devil cannot touch you, but he can lie to you, and this is what he does. He is a liar, and here's what we know. He is a master liar. And if you look at the story of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus goes off into the wilderness, Satan meets him there, and guess what Satan starts doing? Lying to him. And he says things like this, if you are the son of God. He is saying that to the son of God. If you are the son of God, as he's saying that to the son of God, trying to get Jesus almost to second guess like, am I the son of God? Okay, I was born of a virgin. Okay, I came here. So he's getting him to try to second guess if he is the son of God. Watch this. The verse or the chapter before that in Matthew chapter 3 is the story of Jesus' baptism. Jesus comes up out of the water and the father says, watch this, and the father says, heaven's open, dove descends, and the father speaks to, to his son and says, you are my beloved son in who I am well pleased. One chapter later, he goes into the desert, and what do you think the enemy goes after? If you are the son. Hey, listen to me. When God gives you a word, don't, this is one of the ways you know it's a word from God, because immediately you'll start hearing the enemy go, that's not true. That's not true. 
Some of you this weekend at Freedom, God began to really take pride and shame and guilt and all this stuff off of you. And I'm telling you, this morning you woke up and I'm, I guarantee the enemy starts going, nah, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. And, and so guess what Jesus does to combat the ifs of Satan? He combats it with the it is of the word. The what ifs of the enemy are always defeated by the it is of the word. I'll say that again. The what ifs of the enemy are always defeated by the it is of the word. And I don't know what you're walking through, and I don't know what you're going through in your life right now, what the what if. What if God shows up? What if God's going to provide? What if God's going to really bless? What if God's going to really, really going to forgive? How many know? No, he is a forgiver. He is a healer. No, he is my rock. No, he is my present help in time of need. No, we just begin to speak the word of God over every situation that we're walking through. It is this. And, and, and here's a huge thing that I've had to learn in my own life is that I've got to focus on what I know is true, not on, on what I feel. How many you know what that's like? I've got to focus on what I know is true, not on what I feel is true. Because there are countless times in my life where I feel like this is true, but it's not true. How many of you have ever felt like God wasn't with you? Anybody? How many of you have ever felt like God's not hearing your prayers? Anybody here? Me too. But it's not the truth. But it feels like the truth. And how many know if it feels like it, oftentimes we can make it our truth? It feels true. It feels like everybody has abandoned me. That's a lie. It feels like God doesn't love me. That's a lie. It feels like. So I don't know what you've been saying this week. Man, it just feels, it just feels like God is giving me more than I can handle. Hey, guess what? Maybe that's the truth. Because he's reminding you that he can always give you what you can't handle so you can always lean on him because he can always handle it. So it brings me to this place of, this, of God's dependence on here. So, so if I want to stay, stay free in my life, I've got to receive the grace of God over my life. I've got to believe the word of God and what it says over me. And then number three, I've got to walk with the spirit of God. I've got to walk with the Spirit of God. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 25 says this. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So he's telling us, hey, if you want to live out this freedom, Galatians 5 talks about us being, in free, being free, and now he's giving us these practicals. He's saying, listen, you need to walk by the Spirit, live by the Spirit, be in step with the Spirit. And here's why he's saying all this. Because willpower doesn't work. Willpower doesn't work. Have you ever noticed that the harder you try, the worse you fail? Anybody in here? You ever tried that before? Or like... <clears throat> And this can be like in almost any area of your life. Like, let's just say like, you're like, I'm eating healthy. I'm eating healthy. And then you're like, okay. And then you go to the office and they brought like those kolache donuts and all that stuff there. And you just walk right past those and you're like, I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. You get behind me. This celery is amazing. These kale chips. And then, and then you pass by like the second time and, you just, and you're just like, let me just smell it at least. Let me just smell it. I'll just smell it. Oh, my God. This is what Lindsay does with me all the time. Certain, she can't have eggs, so everything that has eggs, she's like, just let me smell it. I'm like, why do you do that to yourself? And then I've got to eat it and act like it's not good when it's amazing. I'm like eating it like, this is terrible, babe. You would not want this. And so, you know, then you go by and you're like, well, let me just maybe touch it real quick. And then... You know what I mean? And then it's like, and then it's like, you know what? A bite won't hurt. Then you do the bite, and then 30 minutes later, you have so much shame and guilt, you eat half the box. Okay, that's how that works. So, so this, this happens in, in all areas of our life. Like, we try to willpower ourselves to being holy. We try to willpower ourselves to, to, you know, being free from addictions. We try to willpower ourselves. So let me show you. I, I call this the, the, the cycle of shame. The cycle of shame. Watch. Let me show you how the cycle of shame works. So we, we try hard. So, so whatever that may be, 
we're going to try. Like, I'm, I'm going to try hard to, 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 you know, eat better. I'm going to try hard to not, you know, not swearing as much. I'm going to try hard to read my Bible. I'm going to try hard to be a better Christian. I'm going to try, I'm going to try hard. And, and we, we willpower ourselves to do this. And then what ends up happening is your willpower weakens. Eventually, you just get to the place like trying hard just doesn't seem like it's working. And, and it's, willpower is like a muscle. If you work it long enough, eventually it's just going to get so fatigued, you just, can't, you just can't do it anymore. And so what ends up happening is, is you try and 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 I'm going to get better, I'm going to get better, I'm going to get stronger, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get that. And eventually, once your willpower weakens, then you immediately have inevitable failure. You, you look at the site that you said you weren't going to look at anymore. You, you say things you regret saying. You do the thing you didn't want to do that you said, you, you came to the altar and said, I'll never do this again, this is it. And, and some failure happens, something, something happens, and then so what ends up is we get guilt and shame again. So now we feel guilty, now we feel shame, and, and, and we feel shame and we feel guilt. And so what we do, watch this, when you feel shame and guilt, you go, well, I'm gonna try harder the next time. Right? And the whole cycle goes over and over and over and over again. And, and, and then, the, then it becomes our identity. We start, we start believing that our failures are a part of who I am. Well, I'm just bad. I'm just this. I'm just an addict. I'm just this. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, this is where the grace of God, the spirit of God, has to help break these things off of us. Shame and guilt has to come off of us. We don't try harder anymore. We, the Bible says, no, I walk by the spirit. I live by the spirit. I'm in step with the spirit. Do you, watch this. Do you notice? Put that verse back up, um, the Galatians 5.1. I want, I want to show you something. So he talked about being in freedom at the beginning of this chapter. And now the Apostle Paul is giving us how we stay free. Do you notice that there is no command that is in this that says to stop sinning? This right here is an invitation to intimacy. Because the more I am in step with God and the more I love God, the more I want to do the things that God wants me to do. This is huge. This is huge. I don't stop sinning by trying to stop sinning. I stop sinning by falling more in love with Jesus. The more I love Lindsay Elizabeth Belt, the less I want to look at any other women. So my goal is just to stay infatuated with that beautiful woman as much as I possibly can. And in doing so, every other woman that comes around, just chump change. Because I absolutely am in love with her. My eyes are fixated on her. If you have something going on in your life that you don't like, the goal is not to, man, I'm going to try harder to stop this. The goal is just to fall more in love with Jesus. And when you do all the things of this world begin to slowly fade away. This is an invitation into intimacy. It's an invitation to walk with God. It's an invitation every morning. And that's not to say that there's not hardships that you're walking through or hard addictions that you're trying to break. But I'm just letting you know, the more I fall in love with Jesus, the more I surrender to Jesus, the more I walk in step with Jesus, how many know he fights things off on me that I could never fight off myself? He starts changing things on the inside of me. Not because I'm trying to do better, but because he's doing a work in me. Watch what Corey Tim Boone said. I love what Corey Tim Boone said. She said it this way. She said, trying to do the Lord's work in your own strength is the most confusing, exhausting, and tedious of all work. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then ministry of Jesus flows out of you. Come on, how many want just Jesus flowing out of you at work? Jesus flowing out of you at home? Jesus flowing out of you? So this is why we want to be people filled with the Holy Spirit. So I wake up every morning and I, I encourage myself through the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit, God, fill me again. Fill me again. We say, well, Pastor Josh, I thought the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. He does live inside of us. But, but there is a real baptism of the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit comes. The Bible says to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why would the Bible say to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Ready? Because you and I leak. Come on, anybody got some big leaks in your, in your life? Just drunk. I'm just, I'm done. 
So every day, God, just fill me again. God, fill me again this morning. God, fill me again today. Before I step into that meeting, God, fill me, fill me again. So we got to st- walk in step with the Spirit of God. Number four, we invite the people of God. So if we want to stay free, we receive the grace of God. We believe the word of God. We walk with the Spirit of God. And we invite the people of God. Now look what Galatians 5 also says. That same chapter that just talked about how we walk in step with the Holy Spirit. We, we live with the Holy Spirit. It says in verse 25 now, if, if, if we live by the Spirit, let also keep in step with the Spirit. If we let us. So, your relationship with God is personal, but it's never private. If we let us. So, I've seen so many people in our church go through freedom. And it's amazing because you come out of Freedom Conference and just kind of on this spiritual high and it's, it's, it's awesome. But here's the thing that always scares me is they immediately go back to doing life by themselves. And the people that I've seen go back to do life by themselves always go back to the same bondage that they came out of. It is only those who come out of a, a freedom experience that say, what got me here is what's going to have to keep me to go where God wants me to go, that stay in freedom. Those who go, I got it. I don't need people anymore. Just wait. Just wait. So my encouragement to those who just came out of freedom, don't get out of relationship with people. Because you needed people to get you where you are today, and guess what? You'll need people to get you where God wants you to go tomorrow. Anybody who experienced that for themselves, say amen. amen. You, you need people in your life. Because think about it. God could have just said, just me and you, buddy, we got this. But he didn't. Because verse 25 says, no, no, no. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Meaning, yes, I need to be in step with the Spirit, but I need to be in step with the Spirit with other people. Let us do this. Come on, let's, let, let us. Me needs a we if I want to stay free. <laughs> Tweet that. Okay, so. <clears throat> so my, my, that is my warning. That is my encouragement. Spiritual family is not a commodity. It is a necessity. It's not a commodity. It's a necessity. Well, people have hurt me. Yeah, that's called Family. I've been hurt by people, I've hurt people, it's happened, okay? But it doesn't negate the fact that I still need them in my life. I need to be around people in my life that can help. Watch this, I need to be around truth tellers, like I said earlier. I need to be around people who will encourage me. I need to be around people that will pick me up. I need to be around people that remind me of the grace of God. I need people around me that will remind me the word of God. I need people around me that will walk with me and say, come on, let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's get this. I love as we see these baptisms, life group leaders and, and people in their life baptizing them. That's, that's what that's all about. We do this together. We are better together. That's not just a cliche. It is truth. It is truth. It is truth. And so whatever you're walking through it now, if you want to continue to stay free in the spirit of God, you need to get around the people of God. Get, get in their life. And last one, number five, and we're done, is we need to live out the purposes of God. Live out the purposes of God. <clears throat> now, I want you to understand something here. The reason the enemy wants you to stay bound and not free is not because he's after you. He's after the influence in the generations that you represent. If he can keep a married couple bound, guess who he just impacted? Their kids, their grandkids, their great-grandkids, the family, their job, The enemy's not after just you. 
he understands that if he can keep you bound, everybody else that he keeps in prison to. This is why I get so excited when I see men of God become true men of God. Because men of God, as the spiritual leaders of their home, when, they, when the lights come on and they begin to walk in freedom, guess what it does for generations to come? It, it, it impacts marriage, it impacts a family, it impacts grandkids, it impacts a job, a workplace. It's, it's incredible. And so I want you to hear me. The, the reason why the enemy is so after you to stay bound in fear, stay bound in worry, stay bound in regret, stay bound in your past is because it's not just about you. He understands what it does for the generations to come. But guess what? That's why Jesus is so, so amazing about what he wants to do in your life as well because he wants to set you free because he knows when he sets you free, it's a domino effect of what it does to the other people. Y'all know what I'm saying? And so just to see what this is doing in our church, watching families come to Christ. Some of you have more of your extended family that are now coming to Christ. It's, it's incredible because that's what Jesus is doing. He is unlocking generations. Watch what it says. Look what this next verse says in Galatians 5. It says, for if you, for, for you have, sorry, for you have been called to live in freedom. Hey, by the way, if you want to know if God wants you to be free, here's the verse. You have been called to live in freedom. Now, here's the reason why, brothers and sisters. Don't use your freedom to satisfy yourself. No, no, no. Instead, we use our freedom to what? Serve one another. Hey, watch this. Freed people, free people. When I am free... I am now free to free other people. I am now free to love other people. I am now free to serve other people. I am now free to be a blessing to other people because I am free. How many know? I want to go and unlock all the other doors of everybody else. And I love that story of Paul and Silas when they are in the prison cell and they're, they're bound and everybody else around them is bound and they worship the Lord and they praise the Lord. And the Bible says that all the prisoners were listening and that the, that the Spirit of God comes and unlocks all the doors of the prisons. Because how many know? When I get free, I have the chance to let everybody else get free all around me. Everybody around me gets to get free because they're watching and they're hearing and they're listening and they're learning. And so I get to live out the purposes of God. God didn't save me so I could get to heaven alone. If he did that, he would have saved me and then killed me. You're saved. We would have baptized you once and not have brought you up. Just bubbles. Just go on with the Lord. Okay. <laughs> right? I mean, that's what we would do. Then nobody would get baptized. Okay, so... But what do we do? We baptize you, we bring you back out, we make this declaration, and then it's like, now what? Go live out the purposes of God. Go live out the purposes of God. Take your freedom now and go be a blessing. Go be a blessing. Watch the rest of this verse. Here's how you serve one another. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Here is the true test to know if you are truly free, is how well do you love people? How well do you love people? Because you're not truly free when it's no longer, when it, you are truly free when it's no longer about you and what you can do for others. That's how you know you are free. So put those five up, put those five back up for me, Anna, please. We receive the grace of God. We freely receive it. Have you received the grace of God? We believe the word of God to be true. It is the anchor, not based off of what I feel is true, but what I know is true. We walk with the spirit of God. We invite the people of God. And lastly, we live out the purposes of God. We live this out. You stay in freedom the more you're loving and serving and helping others, it keeps you free, just keeps you free. Just keeps it all, hey, watch this, watch this. I understand that if I blow it, like how this impacts you. Like my freedom is no longer free. 
I am a slave to Christ for what he wants because it impacts every person that is within my influence. And so guess what that does? That keeps me super humble and that keeps me super on my knees to go, God, I need you today. I need you today. I need you today. God, li- li- help me live out your purposes today. Help me, God, everywhere that I go, people are watching. How many know people are watching you? They're watching. God, they're, they're watching me. So God, I, w- I, wanna, I wanna overflow with you today. I wanna overflow with you today. And I'll leave you with this last verse. I love this verse. Watch this in Romans chapter eight. And we're done. It says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to, to to who? You belong to him. This is huge here. He is Lord, he is Savior, he is my friend, he is my master, he is my boss. Because Jesus, I belong to you, Jesus, now. The power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Hey, watch this. Sin is boss, is bossy, but it's no longer your boss. Sin is bossy, but it's no longer your boss. How many know we're all under new management now? If you have submitted your life to Christ, you belong to him. And if you belong to him, come on, I want to read God's word. I want to spend time with God. I want to be used by God. I want God to be freed in my life. I no longer am bound by fear or worry or guilt or shame. I am now a son of God. I am now a part of his family. I am a man of God. I am empowered by God. We have the right to make the right decisions. Christ is in me. My weakness is now his strength. How many know you get all of his good stuff whenever you come into the family of God? This is the God that you do not belong to yourself anymore. You belong to him. You belong to him. Would you bow your heads in this place? Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. We are welcome here. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. The good news of the gospel is this, that that there's, there's free grace that God gives to us. And like I said, it's, it's not just a, an access pass to heaven. It's an access to a relationship with the Father. He wants to be in relationship with you. If there's any person that's in this room that you don't have a relationship with God, this is, today is, is your moment. He, he brought you here in this room or online, however that may be, to remind you of how much he loves you, to remind you of this free grace that he has given to you. It is the gift of grace that he has given to us. We don't earn it. We don't earn it. We receive it. It's not what you do, it's what Christ has done. And today, I I believe there's some people here that you've just never received that grace for yourself. You've been walking in the shame and the guilt. You've been walking in these lies. And today, God wants to set you free from that. He wants to adopt you into his family. He wants to become your Lord and your Savior. He wants to change you from the inside out, inside transformation. If there's anybody that's in this room, you say, man, I want to know that. I want to surrender my life to him fully. I want him to be the Lord and Savior of my life. He takes our sins and he gives us his righteousness. He gives us his holiness. He gives us strength that we don't have. He gives us life. He takes us from death to life, slaves to sin, to sons in him. If that's you that's in this room, say, man, I want that. On the count of three, I want you to shoot your hands up and say, that's me. One, two, three. If that's you, anybody that's in this room, is there anybody that's here? Just shoot your hand up and let me know. Praise God. Praise God. If you're online and you raised your hand, we're, we're praying for you as well. We have a team that wants to minister to you and pray with you. If that's you and you just raised your hand right now, I want you to just repeat this after me. And come on, all of OSC family, we're going to say this together. Say, say, dear Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for coming on this earth because you wanted to bring me back in relationship with the Father. I know my sin has separated me from you, but today I repent of my sins and I turn to you to receive your grace, your forgiveness, your cleansing, and your freedom. Thank you for setting me free because of what you did on the cross and your resurrection. 
Jesus be my Lord. God be my Father. Holy Spirit be my helper. From this day forward, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, OSC family. Amen. I, I want to continue to encourage all of you that are in here um, to continue to walk in this freedom that God has for you. It's incredible to walk in free, to be free. It's like, it's like when you've been walking a journey for really, really long with a really, really heavy backpack. How many of you know it's really good when a friend comes by and says, I'll take that off of you? And then, and then they walk with it, and you get to walk free. And I, I pray you just feel that way. Just feel the freedom of God. I'll also just say this. I think freedom is gradual. There can be instant, and then there can be gradual. And so uh, there is no condemnation for those that are in here that like, well, Pastor Josh, I still struggle with stuff. Well, welcome. So do I. <laughs> and so I just wake up every morning and I receive the grace of God and believe the word of God and walk in the spirit of God do it around other people like this is how we walk out this freedom how many know you won't really be like Jesus until you meet Jesus but until then how many know it is his main goal the Holy Spirit's main goal is to make you every day more and more and more like Jesus that's his goal and so sometimes we fall but I love this because it says a righteous man falls, but he gets back up again. So can I just encourage anybody in here, if you fall, just get back up again. There's grace for you there. There's grace for you there. Amen. Amen. Uh, before we leave, just want to share a couple of quick things that we have coming up. Um, as I said, this is a really busy season, um, but it's a great season. There's a lot that's going on. Thank you to everybody over the last couple of weeks that have been helping us do all the things that have happened up to this point. But next weekend, because, yet again, our heart is to be generous and to continue to give, next week we're doing a blood drive next Sunday here at the church uh, to donate blood to our local region that's here. If you want to come early and, uh, and be a part of the blood drive, it's going to be happening between 8 and 2 o'clock right here on the campus. It'll be over there in the Connections building. Great opportunity for us to, to, to give. Um, what God has given to us and entrusted us with healthy bodies, we get to go and give that out. And so I think you can sign up for a spot. You can probably show up for a spot, all those different ways that you can do that. Um, also, December 5th is going to be um, team night and uh, Christmas edition. And so if you are part of the dream team, if you serve in any capacity here at OSC, whether it's in a life group or any of our teams, uh, that night is going to be a special night. We're going to be giving away gifts and eating food and doing a lot of laughs and having a lot of fun. We'd love to have you come and join us um, and be a part of that night. It's going to be a great night together as we get to celebrate everybody as well. Um, and then also December 12th is child dedication. We've had a number of people asking us, when are we dedicating children? Um, we're doing on December 12th. So mark that day as well. December 12th, we'll be doing child dedications. And if you want to go ahead and just put this on your calendar, we are doing a Christmas uh, Eve candlelight service. We already have our times. Christmas Eve, which is December 24th, at 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock uh, will be our two service times. So you can come early, come with your family, enjoy candlelight, enjoy an incredible time um, with, with God's people and hearing God's word, and then go off and do your your family Christmas Eve um, stuff. That Sunday, which will be December 26th, we are doing Christmas at home. Um, we are not having service in person. We're giving all of our dream team off that Sunday. And so, yeah. So, come for Christmas Eve and celebrate. Don't come on Sunday. If you come here, it'll be Christmas by yourself and your family here. So, so we're gonna do a special online service um, for your family to do Christmas at home, but also you'll have a service. We'll, we'll, we'll do a little worship and have a message and share stories and stuff. And so you can do that around the fire or whatever that looks like, opening presents and, um, and watch the service and thank Jesus for all that he's given you. And so that's what we have. Um, with that being said, I wanna celebrate what happened last weekend. Last weekend, we shared about a little bit about the legacy of Pastor Bubba, and we also shared about how not only his legacy, but how we want to be a church that is a legacy church. And we just challenged all of you to step up and help us um, defend uh, kids that are in rural, huge poverty. 
and we wanted to help release children out of poverty in Guatemala. And uh, last week, with that commission to both of our services, uh, we saw over 93 kids get sponsored last weekend. 93, come on, somebody. So... Um, I've had a number of people that were not here last weekend or that were watching online and said, man, I really still wanted to. Um, and so there was only 120 kids, so we still got about 20-something, 30-something 30, 30 more that are left. Um, we have packets actually out in the lobby right now. If you did not get to sponsor one and you want to go sponsor, uh, they're out there in the lobby. Or if you want to go online, if you go to compassion.com backslash OSC Connect, um, all of the kids from the church that we are sponsoring are on that. O- Compassion.com backslash OSC Connect. And uh, to let y'all know, we are planning, hopefully we don't have a date yet, but next year we will take a mission trip to Guatemala to go see all these kids. And so if any of you want to come, um, get ready. We're going to go. Get your passport now. Um, go ahead. Get it And uh, in, in anticipation for that. But can I just say... Um, how grateful I am for the generosity of this church. You are some of the most generous people that I know. The generosity that you showed to the McCanns that are at home, to the generosity you showed to kids in Guatemala Guatemala that some of you may never see. Um, You are some of the most generous people that I know. Thank you for your your giving monetarily to this church. Um, I'm so honored to be a part of church that gives. We give blood, we give money, we give time. Um, we give sweat, we give tears, um, but you're just generous. And I know that it comes out of an overflow of what Christ has done in your heart. So thank you for that. And, uh, and so if you're giving today, you'll see the giving boxes there, continue to give online. Thank you for doing that. We're going to, I believe that coming into November, December, we're going to give more money away in the next month than we've ever given away in a really long time. And so I'm really, come on, how many you know it's always fun to give money away and um, be a blessing. So we're going to. We'll share more and more of that um, with you um, in the coming weeks of what we're going to do. So I love you. Let's stand together. I'm going to invite our prayer team to come forward. If you need prayer for anything, after I pray for you, you're welcome to come on up and, and get prayer before you leave. So, Father, we love you. God, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the opportunity we had today to, to hear your word, to worship you, to celebrate you. So now, God, I pray, Spirit of God, would you fill your people, refresh your people, encourage your people, but more importantly, speak to them and use them this week in mighty ways. And everybody who loves Jesus says, amen. Hey, we love you.